There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. This call is being recorded. If uh, any of you know it, please join in. I vow to praise you. To the good and the bad, I'll praise you. Whether happy or sad, I'll praise you. In all that I go through, because
in Ecclesiastes 10, verse 7, where it says that slaves are riding on horses, while princes walk like slaves on the land. Slaves are riding on horses, while princes walk like slaves on the land. I declare that it is not our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. It is not our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, we see also it says, As long as the heir is a child, it does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. That's a very sobering thought. As long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. Owner of everything. Here a child is an illustration or illustrates towards someone who has not come to full maturity, someone who has not come to full understanding, someone who does not fully know, cannot fully understand or handle who they are. They've not come to that place yet. And the Bible is very well known that when you are in that state, so it may be okay for a season, but when you are in that state, you are no different from a slave, though you be owner of everything. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Tonight I pray we will not be stuck in slavery, though we be owners of all, in Jesus' name. Amen. We will not be stuck in slavery, though we be owners of all, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. You know, when we talk about who we are or our identity, you know, what we're really talking about, and I want to I want to emphasize this, what we're really talking about is what we believe about ourselves. What we believe about ourselves, that's really what what we're talking about. What do we believe about ourselves? This is not necessarily what you think about yourself or what you say about yourself or what others say about you. It's not necessarily about, you know, what your friends said about you or what a pastor said about you or what a prophetic word said about you. Uh, It's not even necessarily about what God says about you. Because when we go deeper, we realize that what matters, what counts, what makes the difference is what we believe Mm. about ourselves. What truly comes out and what truly makes the difference is what we believe about ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, God does not struggle to be God. God does not struggle to be God. For example, we know that God is faithful. So God doesn't struggle to be faithful. He knows he is faithful. He is faithful to us and to his word Mm. regardless of what is going on. He's faithful to us and to his word whether or not we are faithful to the same. Because he knows in himself that he is faithful. That is who he is. That is what he's convinced of. That is his belief. That is his his conviction. So he does not struggle to be faithful. Hallelujah. 
We know that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Mm. He does not struggle to be constant. Mm. He does not struggle to be constant. When he has anchored something in eternity, he doesn't struggle to hold fast to it and to stick to it. Because he knows that he's the same yesterday, today and forever. That is who he is. And that is who he believes he is. And therefore that is what he does. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Queen Elizabeth of England does not struggle to be queen. Maybe she did at first. Maybe she did at first. But after years and years and years and decades of, you know, being queen, telling herself she is queen, being told she is queen, if my English will permit, living queen, doing queen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, after decades and decades and decades of that, she's come to the place where she has convinced herself and where she believes she is queen. She is queen. So she does not struggle to be queen. You know, so now she walks queen. She talks queen. She carries herself queen. She lives queen. She spends queen. If you can catch, you know, the English I'm using it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But she does not struggle to be queen. It is not struggle to be queen. It is important for us to be aware. It is important for us to note and be aware that you and I will struggle. Let me go, let me take this one slowly. You and I will struggle to walk out anything that we don't believe is inherently part of our DNA. Hmm. If we don't believe inherently that it is part of our DNA, we will struggle with it. We will struggle with it. Any prophet can tell you. Any evangelist can say it. God himself can say it. If we don't believe that it Hmm. is inherently part of our DNA, we will struggle to walk it out. We will struggle to walk it out. Hallelujah. Amen. So knowing who we are is very important. Knowing who we are is very important. You know, also, when we talk about who we are, we are also talking about self-esteem. We're also talking about self-esteem. In fact, you know, self-esteem here highlights even more the distinction between, you know, just what has been said versus what we truly believe. Because Mm. self-esteem is truly based on what you believe about yourself. It is truly based on what you believe about yourself. Many of us have seen how that... You know, there are people who you sing their praises, you think very highly of them, you know, you think that they've got it all figured out, and then you find that they actually have low self-esteem or an unhealthy self-esteem. An unhealthy self-esteem. So, regardless of what people have said about them, good or bad. Regardless of what God has said about them, good or bad, our self-esteem 
is based on what we believe about ourselves. It drives our self-esteem. And so that, that's also crucial. That's also crucial. So we, we, we really need to, you know, dive into this area of knowing who we are. Knowing who we are. The Bible says, you know, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Romans 12 verse 3. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. But you know, Pastor Sam in, in many messages past has pointed out how that it still says highly. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. But there is a mark of high esteem that God, that God places on you. There is a mark of high esteem that God places on us. So it's crucial for us to know who we are. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, you know, the other night, uh, Elder Ben was talking to us about revelation. Talk to us about revelation. And indeed, it requires revelation to know who you are. It requires revelation to know who you are. Yeah, the, the, the quantum leap, uh, for those of you who are those of you who are scientists, you know, uh, physicists or chemists, you understand uh, what I'm getting at here. You know, in science, there's what is referred to as a quantum leap. And very simply put, basically, it's, you know, a scientist observes something in a particular state of energy. And then he observes that same thing in another state of energy but he's not able to observe how that thing got from point A to point B. So it's referred to as a quantum leap. We saw that this thing changed energy state from point A to point B, but we didn't see how. We are not able to observe what happened to cause it. So it is referred to as a quantum leap. Hallelujah. Amen. In the same way, in this context, there is a quantum leap necessary for us to go from where we are to who we truly are. And that bridge is revelation. That bridge is revelation. We know that revelation is the key to get us from where we are and what we know inexplicably to the place that God has for us. To being able to know and understand who God has made us to be. You know, as you progress in your journey, seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, God will add to you encounters and experiences that will direct your path and show you what he has in store. God will add to you encounters and experiences that will direct your path and show you what he has in store. Encounters and experiences that will direct your path and show you what he has in store. Um, these encounters, these experiences, they are various forms. They are, they are various forms and they are already in progress. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. They are already in progress. So God will bring people your way and he will bring you people's way and he will cause you to go through certain experiences. You will have certain encounters, you know, um, 
teachers that will teach you, people that will prophesy into your life, all kinds of different encounters, all kinds of experiences, visions, dreams that God can give you, all of which will direct your path and show you what he has in store. Uh, you know, many of you know this story, but uh, it fits the context here, so I'll tell it again. Um, you know, Pastor Sam and I went to the same uh, university for undergrad, Drake University. And to this day, I still get the question of how did you end up at Drake? Um, you know, I was coming from a school where we were, at the time, we were in Cameroon. And uh, if anything, the more famous regions and the more famous schools were a lot of the East Coast schools. So that's what a lot of us were focused on, and that's what we were applying and all of that. Um, and then, out of the blue, I didn't even request it. Out of the blue, a brochure shows up from Drake University. So, I'm like, okay, I have this brochure. They addressed it to me. I don't know where they got my information. I don't even know how it came about. And so, I flipped through the brochure, and for whatever reason, I just like the brochure. You know, and it's funny because uh, we had a we had a guidance counselor in the school who kind of like, you know, she she walks you through the process, you know, she based on like your preferences, your grades, your SAT scores and all kinds of different things, she walks you this process of trying to recommend to you schools that she thinks will be a good fit so you can apply. So it was almost like, you know, after going through all of that, it was strange for my own <laughs> my own criteria to add a school to the list that I wanted to apply to was simply that I liked the brochure. And you know, at the time I didn't think anything of it, that that's all that was. I, I got the brochure, don't know how, but I liked it. And I wanted to apply. And the guidance counselor lady <laughs> <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, actually, tried to fight me about it. She's like, this school, this Drake school, you know, I don't know the school. It's out in the middle of Iowa. We don't know anybody there. We don't know anything about Iowa. Why don't you stick to these schools that I've recommended? And I said, ah, no problem. I will still apply to all of those, but I want to add this thing. Well, long story short, fast forward several months later, some way, somehow, I made the decision to go to Drake. I made the decision to go to Drake, and then I think it was a few weeks before we were supposed to come to to start classes. And, you know, they sent us this email that says, okay, you know, this so and such a person is going to be your roommate. Here's the contact information. We encourage you guys to, you know, reach out to one another, start to get to know each other even before you show up on campus. And my roommate was Pastor Sam. And that's how we got to talking. Wow. Now, you can imagine, so this is now 11 years ago, unbelievably. And Fine connection. <laughs> you can imagine this is now eleven years ago. Um, but obviously that decision and that experience completely changed my life. Completely changed my life. You know, Pastor Sam spoke words to me that changed the trajectory of my life completely. Hmm. Completely. So that is that there is just an an example of the kinds of encounters, the kinds of experiences, you know, the way of the Lord that He can guide you through. 
to unfold to you who you are and what he has for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And you know, we see this, we see examples of this throughout Scripture. We see examples of this throughout Scripture. You know, if you look at, um, if you look at Jacob, whose name means heel grabber. So, <laughs> when <laughs> Jacob and Esau were born, apparently he was holding on to Esau's heel. So they called him heel grabber. And you know, there is a connotation there of hustle and struggle. There's a connotation there of hustle and struggle. And if you follow all the way through Jacob's life and Jacob's story, you see that he struggled. God blessed him quite all right, but it was always through struggle. You know, he received a double portion from his father, but through hustle. He finally married the love of his life, Rachel, but through struggle. He was blessed and increased in Laban's house, but through struggle. Now he's coming back and he's afraid that his brother Esau might kill him. Still struggling. And then finally he encounters the angel of the Lord and now he's wrestling. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know, in that encounter with God, in that encounter with God, the angel of the Lord gave him a blessing that I think is crucial for every believer. Crucial for every believer. They asked, they said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. They checked through the archives. They said, sorry, in our registry, there is no such name. In our registry, there is no such name. Let me cross-reference. Let me query the database and see what's going on. And then he says, no. Your name is Israel, which means prince with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God gave Jacob a revelation of who he really is. a revelation of who he really is. And you can only imagine what kind of a quantum shift, what kind of a quantum leap that triggered in Jacob's life. Hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, by the same, in the same vein, I pray that up until this moment, in every area where you and I have struggled, May the revelation of God by His Spirit mm. empower us to walk in grace in that area in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. May your faith be overshadowed by the strength of His grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That revelation infused a grace in mm. Jacob, now Israel. And the struggle ceased. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you know, we see so many we see so many other examples in scripture. Uh Jacob's grandparents, Abraham and Sarah, who God through revelation showed them who they really are. Abraham and Sarah. His revelation imparted to them grace to be who he had called them to be, be who he had made them to be. And today we are all blessed as a result of it. Hallelujah. We see the example of Moses, 
who went from Prince of Egypt to someone in exile to deliverer of Israel. Hmm. By revelation. We know the story of how God came to him and basically told him what he wanted to do and had to work on Moses a little bit. But it was that intervention of God that shifted Moses from what he was before to what he became. We see David, a shepherd boy. David, a shepherd boy, rejected in his own house. Rejected in his own house. That's why I said this thing is not so much about who said what. David was rejected in his own house. But by revelation, the prophet Samuel came and anointed David king and imparted to him the grace to be who he had really been made to be. Look at Simon. Us to and fro, the Bible says, becomes Tita, the rock. Look at Saul. Saul who persecuted the church. Saul who killed Christians. You know, <laughs> it's funny. We had <laughs> we had a um, we had a guest speaker uh, in church this morning. And uh, he was saying how uh, Saul was the first leader of ISIS in the first century. (laughs) Saul was going around killing Christians, persecuting Christians. But by the intervention of God on the road to Damascus, where God revealed to him, you know, the Lord Jesus said, Why persecutest thou me? Oh, why are you persecuting me? In the name of Jesus, anyone who dares to touch you, may they meet with your God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone who dares to touch you, may they meet with your God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But by revelation, just imagine, imagine the shift from Saul, from Saul to Paul, from Saul, the life before, to Paul, the life after. The shift was so dramatic that even the believers of the day, after Paul came and said, has revealed himself to me. I want to be a part of you. They, they, they were uncomfortable. They couldn't believe it. They wouldn't let him in. For fear that he might turn on them. That inexplicable transformation, it comes by revelation. It comes by revelation. Then Barnabas, in fact, I actually just learned this one today message from from church and I, I find it amazing. You know, throughout the scripture you see, you know, Saul and Barnabas went here. Saul and Barnabas went there. You know, Barnabas brought Saul unto the apostle. Apparently his original name was not Barnabas. I don't know what his 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 name was. But Barnabas means son of encouragement. of encouragement. So the apostles, the believers that were around Barnabas had so noticed the grace, the gift of encouragement on him and how that he manifested it that they changed his name to Barnabas. They called him Barnabas, son of encouragement. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
Amazing. Such a manifestation of grace that it is evident to all that others might even change your name to reflect the grace of God on your life. Amazing. Hallelujah. So knowing who we really are requires revelation from God. In Him we live, we move, and have our being. In Him all things consist. The Bible says that by Him were all things made, and without Him was nothing made that was made. So God is the author of purpose. God is the author of purpose. We cannot, apart from him, we don't exist. Apart from him, who we are. Apart from him, we cannot know why we are. And if we cannot know who we are, we cannot know why we are, then we certainly cannot know what we are to do, what we are capable of. God is the author of purpose. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and called you, God says, Jeremiah one time. I know the thoughts and plans I have concerning you. They are thoughts of good, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end, Jeremiah 29.11. And I pray that may God's expected end for your life unfold in full in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. May God's expected end for your life unfold in full in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, glory be to God that He's, he's already revealed bits and glimpses of who we are in his word. Mm. He's already revealed bits and glimpses of who we are in his word. And we'll take a look at just a few instances, a few examples. Uh, if you have your, your, you know, book of the law or iPad of the law or phone of the law, please turn with me to First Peter 2, verse 9. First Peter two verse nine. And I'll read here it says But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Amen. And in this verse, I just want to hone in on the royal priesthood part. There's so much here, but I just want to hone in on the royal priesthood part. Royal priesthood. You know, we break it down. Royal, priest, king, priest. So God is saying that we are kings and priests. We are kings and priests. Who is a king? A king is one who exercises dominion, authority, and power over a given domain or territory. One who exercises dominion, authority, and power over a given domain or territory. God is saying that is who you are. That is who we are. The Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. That is who we are. Are we aware of this? Are we conscious of this? Do we think about our domain? You know, uh, one of the I think we've talked about this in the past, what we hear a lot, you know, God is in control. 
or what? God is saying, you are a king. You are to exercise dominion, authority, and power in your domain, in your territory. Hallelujah. Amen. And then it says you're a priest. You are a priest. You know, in the Old Testament, priests used to be able to go, the high priest would go before the Lord and carry the entire nation. So the high priest did not stand before the Lord for himself alone, but he carried the entire nation. And he would offer sacrifices on behalf of the nation and himself. He would offer worship and praise, and he would intercede on behalf of the entire nation. And now the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is our high priest. The Bible says that he ever lived to make intercession for all those who come to the Father by him. Mm-hmm. And now God is saying that you also are a priest. You also are a priest. You have the privilege to come before the Lord, to worship, to offer sacrifices of praise. And I wanted to ask this question. As a priest, when you go before the Lord, who do you carry? Who do we carry? The high priest doesn't go before the Lord on his own or for himself alone. Who do we carry? Husbands, when you go before the Lord, you ought to carry your wife. I'm not necessarily saying that the two of you need to go and pray together. No, I'm saying you ought to carry your wife. Intercede for your wife. Amen. Wives, when you go before the Lord, you ought to carry your husband. Intercede for your husband. All of us, when we go before the Lord, we ought to carry. We ought to be carrying others. In intercession, we ought to be carrying others. Carry your friends. Carry your co-workers. Carry your neighbors. Carry your family members. Carry the brethren. Carry the brethren. Hallelujah. God says we are priests. God says we are priests. You know, when we come to understand who we are, it changes how we see things. It changes how we do things. It changes our perspective. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's so many other examples uh, for the sake of time because it is far spent. Uh, let me quickly just touch on the last bit here. You know, how do we immerse ourselves in the knowledge of who God has made us? How do we come to the place where we live out of the awareness of who we are in Christ? And there are just, you know, three things that I want to touch on with regard to this. The first one is godly mentors and role models. Godly mentors and role models. A mentor is someone you look up to whose instruction and correction you actually heed. Amen. <laughs> it's not necessarily who you think is your mentor or who you want to be your mentor, but it's that one whose instruction and correction you actually heed. Someone you follow as they follow Christ. 
someone who can see your potential, celebrate that potential, and then not just leave you there, but then also train and equip you to attain that potential. Someone who you can watch exemplify this life we have in Christ. Hallelujah. But I also want to stress and emphasize that no one can take the place of our ultimate mentor. Amen. Amen. God brings so many people our way to add to us, to equip us, to grow us, to teach us, to train us, to show us, to prophesy into our lives, to help us see beyond where we are. But Jesus is our ultimate role model and mentor. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. So godly mentors and role models. The second one is meditation. And we've talked about this before. Meditation. Mentors can provide you guidelines and point you in the right direction. But in order for us to own it and live it out personally, we have to meditate. We have to meditate. Meditation is what causes us to shift our operation of the Word of God from the realm of our minds to the realm of our spirit. Because we know that this side of heaven, our minds are imperfect. Mm-hmm. Our minds need renewing. Our minds are susceptible to doubt, to fear, to you know, being overwhelmed by the circumstances around us. Mm-hmm. Our minds are not fully able to apprehend the depths of the word of God for us. But when we engage our spirit man, when our spirit man engages the word, it can do so with pure, unadulterated faith. Mm-hmm. Our spirit man has unlimited capacity to apprehend and comprehend the word of God and really drilled for the oil of revelation contained therein. So meditation is key. Hallelujah. Meditation is key. And then last but most certainly not least, worship. Mm. Worship. You know, we already talked about how that who we are is really derived from God. We are born of God and in Him we live, we move, and we have our being. So we can't understand who we are without getting to know God intimately. Intimately. And that happens in worship. Getting to know God intimately. We have to spend time with God. You spend time alone with Him. Spend time alone with Him. When you go into His presence to worship, leave every care and every distraction behind. Leave every care and every distraction behind. Don't even bother with your prayer request. Hallelujah. Just make it a time for you to sit and bask in His presence. To sit and bask in His presence. You minister to Him. You sing, you worship, and you also listen to Him. Mm. There will also have to be times of quiet where you just sit and listen. Listen to the Spirit of God. And just very quickly, you know, to touch on that listening part, you know, we, we, we talked before about how God is the Spirit. And because God is the Spirit, while English, 
He can speak English, but that is not the only way that he communicates. That's not the only way that he talks to us. Mm. So as you are listening for the voice of God, there are so many ways that he can talk to you. It may be an impression that he gives you. You just feel so strongly about something. He can give you an impression. He can bring a thought to your mind. Maybe a thought to your mind. There are so many ways that God can speak to us. Sometimes it can even be a wordplay. You're looking at somebody, but for whatever reason, in your mind, you keep seeing your sister. And maybe your sister's name is Mary. God might be telling you that this person's name is Mary. There are so many ways that God speaks, but it's in worship and, and spending that time in worship that we learn the ways that God talks to us. We master his communication with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. amen. We thank the Lord for his word tonight. I'm going to wrap it up there. Time is far spent. We bless the Lord. I just want us to pray. Um, I want us to pray that the Father would reveal to us our names. Reveal to us our names. The names that He calls us by. You understand what I'm saying? You know, he may he may actually give you a name. You know, we know that in scripture, names are usually descriptive of the function of that thing or the function of that person. So he may actually give you a name, and then the the meaning of that name gives you insight, revelation into who you are. But he may also just give you direct insight, direct revelation of who you are. We just want to pray and ask the Father. The Father, starting tonight and going forward, no one else can to touch our heart like you And I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Let's sing it together. There is none like.